Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Thanks for listening to Beyond the Ropes Boxing Podcast. Just before we begin this episode, I just want to take a moment to give a shout out to the sponsors for the podcast, which is Steroplast Healthcare Limited. Steroplast Healthcare Limited, setting the standards across the seven sectors. If you don't already know of them, get onto their website, www.steroplast.co.uk to look at some of the great products that they do. We've got the boxing wraps, the Sterotape Zinc Oxide Tape, We've also got the Stereotape Premium and the Stereotape K. Now, we've got World Fight using this tape. We've got local fighters, including Charlie Schofield, Ben Sheedy, Jimmy Kelly, Callum Cook. They're all using this tape at the moment, and Steroplast are getting around to all the boxing gyms. You will be able to purchase these items from steroplast.co.uk get over to that website have a look because the stereotype and the stink oxide tape aren't the only things that they actually do they do provide equipment for emergency rooms for hospitals other sports they produce items for vets medical surgeries gps first aid defibrillators things of that nature so they're not just all about the stereotype and the boxing wraps get yourself over there and have a look www.steroplast.co.uk this is Commonwealth champion Luke the Duke Watkins, and you're listening to Beyond the Ropes Boxing Podcast. Welcome to Beyond the Ropes, a boxing podcast brought to you by Easley Boxing Repeat. The place for the Northwest and boxing news, news, reviews, and interviews. Here's your host, Sean Basso. Welcome to episode number 35 of Beyond the Ropes Boxing Podcast. It's Sean Basto, your host as always. Rejoined by the man, the myth and the legend, that is Cahill Jennings. Cahill, it's great to have you back on. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm not doing too bad, Sean. It's been, uh, it's been a long month that I've been away from boxing, so I kind of had um, had a nice holiday and then the, the end of the holiday was kind of spoiled by a spider or something like that that gave me a little bite which got led to an infection, so uh, it took a couple of weeks to get over that. So um, it's, been a, it's been a long time, but glad to be, glad to be back on the podcast. And you were just 
just saying then it's just like it's crazy how you've just been able to get yourself better and then you've missed so much but you've had to catch up with it all you know to get to get in sync with with being back on the podcast but I know you you caught all the action over the weekend so it was uh, it was good to catch up with you about that and I'm really looking forward to today's show so before we go any further I'm just going to give everybody an oversight of what is coming up on today's episode so we're obviously going to be discussing last weekend's action which is the uh, Lomachenko and Linares fights Huey Fury Sam Sexton uh, Saddam Ali Ray, Ray Vargas as well over the weekend uh, in between that we've got an interview with Luke the Duke Watkins who's got his fight coming up with Lawrence Coli on the next gen show on the 6th of June we then head over to this weekend's boxing uh, with two big big fights coming up we've had Annie Stevenson versus Badu Jack and Lee Selby versus Josh Warrington and then as always we'll head over to Cahill and his Irish boxing update we've not had one throughout three weeks so I'm pretty sure there's going to be some stuff to catch up on there as always we've got the this week in boxing history we've got some great segments on this week's boxing history to talk about and some fantastic fights as well that came up as well and then finally as always news and gossip let's talk about what's been going on in that let's see what's happening any extra little bits and bats we can talk about in today's show we'll cover that at the end of the show so let's get to it then Cahill let's go to last weekend everybody was watching this fight everybody who's anybody was excited for Lomachenko and Linares and uh, I was very 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 excited I must say it was a really really good show and let me just start by saying it was probably go down as one of the fights of 2018 I know we're only about sort of halfway through it just about but this is definitely one of the fights of 2018 what happened in that fight I don't think a lot of people were expecting I mean some I think a lot of people had predicted the end of the fight with a Lomachenko win but I don't think people expected a Lomachenko to be put on the seat of his pants in round number six of this fight it was uh, it was such a good fight and I expected Linares to come out the way he did and he fought so well and so valiantly and he, he seemed to deal with Lomachenko in spells which I, I wasn't expecting because I was saying last week on the podcast that Lomachenko's footwork is amazing and it's whether Linares can keep up with that and, and, and can kind of fight his kind of fight and what I was amazed about is uh, by the time the stoppage had happened in the 10th round the judges had the scorecards uh, one to Linares at 86-84 one to Lomachenko at 86-84 and the third judge had it even going into the 10th round so that was really interesting to, to see the scorecard as well so you know woulda shoulda coulda you know that old saying of what would have happened if it would have gone the 12th could Linares have snatched a victory we'll never know but for, for the whole part and parcel of the, the show and the fight itself was absolutely fantastic and we'll talk about in a minute Cahill, about Lomachenko's future and Linares's future but I really want to get your take because I know this is a fight you was looking forward to for quite a while as well yeah no 100% it was one of those it, it was a fight that I didn't think that we I didn't think we'd get that from from Linares um, I wasn't expecting that he'd get get, uh, get the bait the brakes beating off him, but um, it, it wasn't the dominant performance that I thought it would be I, I was expecting one side to kind of um, kind of almost a kind of coming out part for Lomachenko for people who didn't know already but um, to get put on the to get put on his backside and kind of he had to come through adversity there and I think we, we saw from Linares he, he still has plenty left in the tank and it'd be one of them that it, if there was a rematch I, I wouldn't be I, it wouldn't be something I'd hate I'd love to see these two in it again and it's one of the, it, it was one of them that you, you want these kind of big fights with the big names to live up to their billing and sometimes they fall kind of 
fall short of it, but it's one that lived up to every bit of it. It had a hell of drama. It's kind of it has a bit of fallout now in terms of the way it was stopped and kind of things like that. People saying that Lenar was knocked out. He wasn't knocked out. He was stopped. So it's a it, w- it was an exciting fight, and I think uh, Lomachenko for for me is going up in probably pound for pound number one to be able to be put down by someone like Linares to kind of still stay in the fight. He was a bit quieter after being put down, but he knew what he had to do. He got back on got back on his work and his footwork. But just watching him, he he's just he's everything you'd like to see in boxing. Um, the scale the skill set he has, I think he beats anybody that he gets put in with. But um, it, it shows that he can be got to if you have the power, you can put you can put Lomachenko down. So whether you can get to him and kind of, uh, keep him down is what you need to do. And if Linares had a chance there the other night, and it was a good shot. It wasn't it wasn't a, a very hurtful shot. It was just enough to put Lomachenko down, but it didn't scramble the legs. And he he uh, he took his time in the corner. Um, and when he came back out, he seemed fresh enough. So he took the kind of seventh where he was kind of just feeling out, just making sure he wasn't taking any more silly shots. And then um, I think the eighth was another one where he's kind of feeling out again. Then he just put the he put the pressure on again. The ninth and tenth. I think the the pace for Linares maybe got to him in the end. But such an exciting fight and one that really lived up to the building and had to review Sean is going to be up there for fight of the year contender anyway. Well, it's interesting now because we want to see what's going to happen next. And we all talk of the rematch, but there's there's a lot of other possibilities for, for, for both men more people are going to be swaying towards what Lomachenko's future is of course and they want to go on, go on to want to see where he goes from here is he going to unify the division is he ever going to fight Mikey Garcia these are the sort of questions that people are asking on social media you know day in day out since the fight are these things going to happen I mean ideally we'd love to see the Garcia fight but realistically I, I think we're going to see the Ray Beltran fight potentially cleaning up at lightweight and then moving on to Mikey Garcia we'll have to wait and see I mean we'll be talking a bit more about stuff like this in the news and gossip section so I don't want to touch too much on it but I just want to get your initial thought on on, on what you think should there be an immediate rematch or should we be looking at both fighters moving on in the careers now Um, I think they want for Lomachenko I think it will be the Beltran fight next I think that's we're not going to get the big fights for him all all in a row I think everyone would like to see the Garcia fight but I think that's one they're going to let build another another while maybe by the end of the year maybe early next year that would see that one but the Beltran fight kind of makes sense and um, I don't think they're I don't think they're going to do the, the rematch with Linares right away but who knows if Lomachenko is to fight again maybe twice again this year it could be Beltran maybe again Linares and then the Garcia fight because I'm sure Garcia is going to fight between this and then I've heard uh, Robert Easter could be could be an opponent for him but um, it's exciting times in American boxing with Eddie Hearn going over there so he's one of them that likes the, likes the big fights that could be one for his new platform maybe um, if he could get uh, Mikey Garcia under contract that he would want to build and those kind of fights now are, are, are huge money fights and I don't think we're going to see that next I don't think we'll see Linares too with, with Lomachenko I think the Beltran fight and I wouldn't like Beltran's fight, um, chances in that fight but it's just so exciting to see what Lomachenko does now and I think he's not going to be one of them where I, we seen Golovkin there the other week and it wasn't much where you wouldn't be tuning in thinking that you're going to see much but I think Lomachenko if he's in with the right names he's in with the right fighters his style is only going to make for exciting fights and that's just great for the fans And what about Linares then because obviously now everybody's talking about Lomachenko but forgetting that Linares still held his own in this fight and, and, and was unlucky really in the end of it I, I, yeah at 32 people might start to say is he slightly going to be on the decline now but realistically he's still got a lot left to give and there's still big fights out there for him I mean I'd, I'd like to see Linares back in and I think he could still mix it even after this defeat with the likes of Robert Easter Jr and with the likes of Mikey Garcia you know these are the types of fights I think Linares has said himself in interviews he only wants to be in big big fights now so realistically now where do you see Linares going who would you like Linares to come back against Um, I w- I'd like to maybe see maybe if you could get the Garcia fight um, if Luke Campbell 
can get can get a world title as well. Maybe that fight, and um, they might fancy that one because he's had a lot of fights. He's had nearly fifty fights, so he's, I can see where he's coming from, and he wants the right opponent and probably the right money too because he wants to be in with the big names. He made a, he made a good purse, probably over a million dollars there the other night. So he wants to be in with the big names of the division. And Lomachenko is being in with who knows if the Garcia fight could come up. That's a that's another huge fight. Benara has showed that he, he's not over the hill by any means yet, and um, he's still got a lot to give. And I think it was just the pace of Lomachenko the other night and just kind of it was constant for 10 rounds so um, he shows that he had the power to get to Lomachenko and he's he's a big name in that division and I can't see too many people wanting to face Linares no up and coming kind of guys are going to want to face Linares because he's such a handful so this, there's still big fights out there maybe uh, maybe the Luke Campbell fight because Luke Campbell said he liked Linares again so who knows if that one could be made again if Luke Campbell can get the WBC title under his under his, uh, under his belt maybe that's one that we get to see in the future but I think Linares is going to be in there and maybe maybe for an opponent for Mike Garcia's but for Mike Garcia but it's exciting times in that division and it's exciting because the other night we saw two of the best going at it and I think they both Lomachenko I think is going to go on to become pound for pound number one but he'd have to get through Garcia first to be, for people to truly believe that but I think Linares still does have a lot to offer and at 32 he does want the right names and he, done so, he does want the right fights for the right money you can completely understand that from where he's coming from Well looking down that particular card another lightweight prospect that I had not seen prior to this particular card was uh, Tiafimo Lopez who picked up a great stoppage victory on this card he won't be known to a lot of the British fans over here and the Irish fans because he is a prospect he is now 9-0 with 7 knockouts but after seeing him on that card the other night I was I was surprised uh to see how good he was for for a guy that's ha- at the stage he has he is at and the opponent he had the other night uh, Vita Freitas he was no slouch he was 14 and 1 at this point previously you look through the record uh, of Lopez and you see sort of a bit of a mixed record he's fought a couple of novice pros and uh, a couple of 50-50 record fighters but then he goes in this looked like a big step up uh, 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 sort of a stage of his career where you wouldn't really expect it and he, he, he came through it with flying colours Gigi managed to see this one uh, and, and what did you think of him? No I didn't manage to catch this one but I have been reading articles today just left to look through the show notes so um, exciting but there's a lot there's a lot of exciting fighters out in America and I think it's if, it's when you tune into a full kind of US card it's when you get to see these guys I just don't think they get the, the enough promotion behind them um, I think it's one of them that they have to have world titles on like the, a lot of fighters you could you could see you might not know the name but they'll have a world title and you're going to go Where, who, who's this guy who has a world title so it's not one that I saw myself but it's a name I'll definitely be keeping an eye on like after after that performance and what I've read so far. Well, I definitely recommend for the for the listeners that if you didn't catch uh, Tiafimo Lopez over the weekend, that you give him uh, a quick look up on YouTube and look at the fight that he was in over the weekend. He, he looks really good and he's definitely one for the lightweight division in the future. Moving on then, let's go to the next big fight over the weekend. The one I was at over the weekend, which was Huey Fury facing off with Sam Sexton for the British heavyweight title. And Huey Fury picked up the win in round number five uh, with a fantastic straight right from the back foot in the corner which uh, surprised me um, with the, the amount of power he seemed to, to get in his shots in this particular fight and I want to start by saying uh, I've got to give him a lot of credit really because he, he's been getting a lot of stick since the Parker fight because he was he, he was he was supposedly really really negative and he was getting so much stick for that on social media and I, I, I'll admit I was slightly negative of some of the, the rounds in the Parker fight and 
I felt like that was his fight, and I said it last week, it was his fight, and he, he lost that fight, he, you know, he could have won that fight if he was busier, uh, but this performance w- was a lot different, Sam Sexton, similarly to Joseph Parker, was coming straight at Huey Fiore, and, and he was sort of leaning back and throwing them punches, a very throwback style that he's got, that Peter Fiore's taught him, and he seemed to have a lot more power this time in his punches, he seemed to be really fully extending the punches when he was going into them without falling in, and, 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 and they'd look really hurtful, and, and and he could tell when he put him down in round number four and he put, uh, Fury put Sexton down in round number four again he, he caught him with a really good shot and and then I just thought this, this, this is the beginning of the end and I was I was really impressed and, and the stoppage it was the right call he got him with a really good shot it was really short right hand I mean from the angles that Channel 5 was showing it at you couldn't see it until the replays but when I seen it I just thought to myself he's, he's just got a short powerful right hand straight through the middle straight down the pipe he's put Sam Sexton down and, and his legs were gone after that he couldn't you know he couldn't fully walk he was still a bit on, on, on shaky legs and that was it it was over Huey Fury becomes the British heavyweight champion and also in the same sense becomes the mandatory for Joe Joyce's Commonwealth title so Cole I'll pass this one over to you now and say what did you make of, of that performance from Huey Fury did you feel that it was better and improved since Joseph Parker and, and, and how far now can Huey Fury go well if, if you look at the performance that he had the other night against Sam Sexton I know Sam Sexton and isn't in the same league as, as Joseph Parker but if that Huey Fury had turned up against Joseph Parker we could be talking about Huey Fury as a world champion right now but it didn't it didn't turn out that way from on that night but that performance that we seen the other night that's that's one of the most exciting performances I see and, and I'm not going to say he's a prospect but he's still only 23 yeah. and he's still learning his craft and he's in with people like Peter Fury and he, and his cousin there Tyson Fury and he, he he's going to have a good boxing brain on his on, on his shoulders and he's going to be a tough one to beat because he carries power and he picks his shots really well and, and he wasn't wasteful the other night he wasn't kind of just trying to load up and and try to get Sam Sexton out there. He was patient, and he had, he looked the business from start to finish. And I, I don't think it's because Sam Sexton was kind of was kind of plodding, and he, he couldn't really figure out Huey Fury, and he knew he was he knew he couldn't really take the power. So it was almost like a matter of time. But the, the finish was one that you just see Sam Sexton crumble in the corner, and it was it, it's when you see it in slow mo, the shot picks, and Huey Fury sees him coming in, he throws the right, and it's such a it, it Sexton is so close that he's not going to be able to get out of the way, and he's getting full force of that, and it finished him off. I think the ref maybe was right to stop it because I don't think he was going to be able to come back. I think there was still a, a, a a minute and five seconds left in the round so I think it was only gone one way and I think the fight was only gone one way so he probably saved a bit of a beating there so that 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 Huey Fury if he turns up every night if he turns up every time he fights you're going to see something really exciting from him and it's one of them that he looks healthy now I remember in, in previous fights he's kind of he had the trouble with his skin and stuff like that but um, he, he seems he seems to be in much better condition now and, and if you can get a healthy Huey Fury you're going to get a real threat in the heavyweight division like you said Carly he is still only 23 years old and a lot of people seem to forget that when they talk about him on social media and, and they slate him they'll say yeah he's won the British heavyweight title but he ain't going to do much more than that you can't really suggest that at this stage because he is only 23 he's got another good 3 or 4 years really still to develop essentially you know you're looking at your likes of Anthony Joshua Dillian White's the people that are now in Britain uh, you know really really doing well and, and succeeding in, in boxing and look at when they started and where they were at compared to where Huey Fury's at now you know in his career and he's doing he's doing fantastically well I can't really fault what he's doing so far he's been in a world title fight and he's you know unsuccessful in that fight drops back down to domestic level fights for the British heavyweight title makes an impactful performance win 
wins the British heavyweight title at still only 23 and he's now got the opportunity potentially in the future to fight for the Commonwealth as well so Peter Fury was saying in the interviews afterwards that he always believes Huey's at world level but they've made the right decision to come back take a step back give him more time to develop fighting really really good opponents and Sam Sexton's no slouch you can't sit here and say well he's plodding forward and he, he didn't know what he was doing at points in that fight and it was only glimpses of it the game plan for Sam Sexton was to try and trap Huey Fury on the ropes and not let him work and he, he really couldn't execute it and it was as simple as that Huey Fury's game plan uh, was, was better than Sam Sexton's on the night it's as simple as that going forward from here I'd like to see the fight with Joe Joyce I'd like to see him going against the juggernaut but then in the same sense I'd also like maybe that fight to maybe brew for maybe another 12 months before it happens I mean it's, it's hard because I'd like to see it happen this year but then on the same sense you might you might you, you might want to see something different you might want to see Joe Joyce he's been calling out everybody left right and centre you know which we can we can discuss later but it just really depends on, on which direction the respective careers go now Peter Fury I think wants to sort of build him back up now and, and then go back to world level and, and that's probably the right thing to do with the age he's at so we're going to have to wait and see how this plays out over the next half of year that we've got in 2018 and hopefully by the end of the year we, we know we're going to be talking in a different light and we're going to be talking about the potential fights he could be in in 2019 but fair play to him for, for dropping back down to a domestic level he's won the Lord Lonsdale belt whether he goes and defends that a few times and wins it outright we'll see or whether he jumps back up to maybe European or possibly world level again it just remains to be seen as to what's going to happen but yeah really really impressed with him really good fight and he's shown he's got the ball and shown he has got the heart as well which some people were questioning uh, after the Joseph Parker fight because they was accusing him of sort of being uh, on the back foot too much and, and, and essentially running so we've seen in the Sexton fight he, he, he wasn't going to run and he was going to go straight on pick his shots nicely and he picks up a great victory let's move on to the rest of the card I'm not going to touch too much on it but I just want to mention some of the notable fights that were on there uh, Savannah Marshall did you catch that one Carl? Yeah I did Jen it's interesting to see kind of Savannah now I've found out recently that she's left uh, Floyd Mayweather and she's going to try maybe build herself and her platform maybe on Channel 5 Floyd TV and with Peter Fury she's probably going to get the attention that I, don't, I doubt she was getting over in the States so um, somewhere her background deserves to kind of have a bit more of the, the spotlight on her and she picks up her second win the other night and she's kind of if she can keep trucking on like it women's boxing is is only doing is only doing good things now and, and her name is right in the mix. It was a really good performance from her. Um, She's she just very calculated performance as well and before I knew it, it was over. She you know she, she just really picked her shots really well and she seems to sort of be a, a typical Peter Fury fighter now the way she picked her shots in that fight. But like you say, I am looking forward to seeing where they take it now. Now she's sort of gone away from the, the Floyd Mayweather aspect of it and the promotional side there and she's moved back over here in the UK and she's going with Peter Fury as the full-time trainer and you know looking at the Channel 5 platform and, and wherever you know Hennessy Sports decides to take that in the future it's again it's just another name that's transitioned over from the, the amateur career who's had a very successful amateur career in women's boxing and now she's you know going pro and we're talking about it more and more every week about women you know boxing and seeing how far their careers are progressing and before we know it you know in another 12 months in another so many podcast time we could be talking 
about some of big main events in, involving the likes of these fighters so it is really exciting to see where their careers are going to progress over the next 12 to 18 months we also had Peter McDonough on the card that turned uh, into a draw Peter McDonough felt he did enough to, done enough to win that fight but what did you make of it Carl? did you think it was the right call or did you think Peter McDonough did enough in that one? He just did enough for me um, I can see where he's kind of coming from and I think he feels a bit hard done by and, and at this point of his career I don't think Peter can afford kind of he knows that he can't afford like draws on his record or anything like that so it, it was it was, uh, it was a strange one because I think it was a Kerry Catone I saw come out to the ring yeah. <laughs> yeah. so it didn't really make much sense to that one because I go this is the boxing isn't it Like that I'm flicking over to this isn't uh, some terrible celebrity TV show but um, <laughs> it, 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 it was points and it's one of them that he was going in against um, an undefeated fighter but it was it, it, it's a hard one to take for Peter I'd say at his age where he's kind of going oh, look, you're, you're kind of take these kind of things can have an effect where they finish me off or people don't maybe want to see me fight anymore so if he can bounce back maybe if he can uh, if he can get out again maybe in, in, in the next few months and get in with the same opponent and he can write that wrong again he can push off from there but um, it, it's, it's probably a tough one to take for Peter and like I, I think he I think he just did it up I think he just did enough as well I, I do I do believe that he should have won that fight and he was very unfortunate really because he has a lot more experience uh, than his opponent on the night and his opponent essentially was a novice pro so he probably feels a bit more aggrieved about the fact that he's very very experienced fighter he has got a bit of a 50-50 record you know we, we do know that but he has been in some fantastic fights as of recently he's really seems to have had this second wind and yet we see this draw which again uh, it's hard he wasn't very happy afterwards it was quite evident he wasn't very happy afterwards and understandably so but uh, he's, a, he's a fighter where like you say he, he doesn't really want to be getting draws at this stage of his career on his record if he's going to f- do anything further in boxing he needs to be beating opponents like he fought on the night and I, I'm, I'm you know I'm pretty disappointed for him really that, that it didn't go his way but we've seen it in the past with, with judges decisions and we talk about it in the podcast here there and everywhere about how at times you know, it can be a bit controversial and it can you know essentially affect fighters careers in some way his opponent Peter Kramer like I say he don't he was only he was only sort of 8 and 0 going into this fight he was a very novice pro uh, but he looked alright to be fair to him but he, he definitely didn't win that fight but I am looking forward to seeing how Peter McDonough can bounce back from that now because he had a great win against Shane Singleton on the Fury Parker undercard in August and then he comes back and, and unfortunately you know it didn't work out for him in this uh, but let's sort of move on uh, the only other notable fight that I would say people probably did see on Channel 5 was middleweight Reese Cartwright picking up another victory moving his record to 21 and 1 now he, he's a guy who I think now needs to be stepped up in his career he's a middleweight he's 21 and 1 you, you now want to expect him to be fighting uh, the bigger fighters in the middleweight division now I mean in the northwest, you've got another really good prospect who's 18 and 0 in Mark Heffron who's middleweight I mean that's the type of fight really you'd be expecting to see at this stage of, of both their careers but that wasn't the you know the opponent he faced on Saturday night and I really want to see Reese stepped up now I really want to see whether you know he can mix it up in the, domestically with the big boys Did, had you seen much of Reese Cartwright before Saturday night I haven't seen much of Reese Cartwright but I have seen him in a couple of the, the boxing magazines that I catch up with in the odd time but um, it, it's one of them I think if Reese come if he doesn't get pushed now um, he could find himself being uh, being caught out when he has to make the step up he is only 23 but he has he's had his 
22 fights under his belt. The only thing is, I don't think he's been in with the greatest um, the greatest opposition. Not to say that it, it, he's not going to learn a lot from them, but um, he's been in with a few undefeated fighters, but he's in with a few people whose records um, have a lot to be desired. Um, so it's one of them. I think we'll only really see the, the best of Reese Cartwright when he is pushed up, maybe for someone like Mark Efron. But it's it's about taking that risk and it's about being put in with something like that. He does have a defeat, so it's not like he's, he's trying to protect an undefeated record. Yeah. So he, he's building it there. He is only 23, so a defeat if, if it was to happen again isn't isn't going to be right at all but I think he does need to be pushed on because um, a, a record can, can be 50-0 and 0, but if you haven't been in with someone people aren't going to take you kind of uh, at what your record says they want to see you in with uh, some serious operators and that's what I'd like to see for Reese Cartwright and if he can still I think if Channel 5 can kind of get better cards I think the cards that they showed the other night wasn't oh, like it wasn't it wasn't great it wasn't um, wasn't exactly talent stacked so they could build better cards maybe get better better opponents for some of their fighters then we, we might see we might see better from Reese Cartwright we may see the best from Reese Cartwright yeah we'll have to wait and see as always we say it all the time we'll just have to wait and see how it turns out but I agree with everything you say and I do feel he needs to be stepped up I do feel it's at the point of his career where he has fought a lot of fighters who have got losing records and I feel there's only so much experience that a fighter can gain from doing that and I think it's time he does get that step up now but we'll have to just see where his team take him over the next 12 months let's go back over to the US of A and talk about the big fights over there this weekend as well as the Jorge Linares and Vasyl Lomachenko fight we was supposed to see Liam Smith challenge for the WBO title as you said last week on the episode it wasn't to be he had to pull out Saddam Ali for Jamie Munguia uh, Jamie Munguia who was tipped to fight Triple G the week before uh, the board didn't sanction that so he, he, he started at light middleweight and that's where he's you know he's plied his trade essentially and he goes in against Adam Ali for the WBO title with a, a, a very big record for someone who's essentially relatively unknown he goes in and he absolutely does a demolition job on Saddam Ali this weekend uh, he kind of exposed Saddam Ali uh, for me to be honest i wasn't expecting that but then in the back of my mind i should have expected it when i was talking about it with people on social media before the fight i I did say to people on there that if anything if the last few weeks is anything to go by with the likes of isaac dogbo picking up the victory relatively unknown then wins uh you know you gotta expect the same thing to happen here really and this is again a situation where it's a a coming out party from hungria now and now we (laughs) liam smith is mandatory and based on that performance i I struggle to see how Liam Smith will be able to beat him. What did you make of Munguia? It's the first time I'd seen him in action. What about you? Yeah, I'd heard his name when it was, when he was linked with Triple G, but I hadn't been someone I saw like I, I had seen or had kind of any heard any kind of any real things about. But the other night he showed what he was all about. So Saddam Ali could have been one of them who beat an over the hill kind of um, Miguel Cotto that you're kind of going. Maybe we kind of had um, kind of built him up a little bit more in our own heads, where you're kind of going, well, this guy bet Miguel Cotto and he and he has a world title. And you kind of going. He's one of those guys that maybe will look back. Who knows? It's how Saddam Ali will bounce back from this, but he could be one of them that you're going to go, yeah, geez, remember he had a world title. But Munguia kind of put him, has announced himself on the scene and the knockout is something to behold. He's putting Ali down for fun almost. And it's just a dominant, it's just a dominant performance. And he's really announced himself on the stage and you can see maybe why they were looking at him for Triple G because he might have made it more of a fight than Vains did. So it's how Ali will bounce back. I think you, you won't hear of him maybe for, for a while. And I think if it if it is Smith next, he does have a hand. Well, because he's going in with a guy with serious power who 
looks very big um, for the for the uh, for the division. So an exciting name, and so I probably want to keep an eye out for now over the over, over the coming months to see if he does defend the title or whether whether he does move up. Because um, if he's carrying that power of true divisions, he's going to be someone to reckon with. But um, I don't want to get carried away because um, it is one performance. I think you could have got carried away with Saddam Ali when you see him big beat Miguel Cotto. But um, I think you kind of have to put the brakes on when you see performances like that. But uh, it, it definitely definitely exciting to see. Um, it, it did for me when we had looked far bigger than Ali, and it, and he just he he just looked at the bigger fighter. And Ali showed a lot. He he showed the character to kind of keep getting up and keep coming. But um, I think Munguia showed uh, showed why he uh, showed why he was linked with the Triple G fight. And maybe he was showing people that yeah, I didn't get the Triple G fight, but here here's why I was linked with it. And if it comes up again, yeah, I'll definitely be in the frame because he has a world title. Well, the thing is, he's twenty nine and zero now with twenty one uh, twenty five knockouts. And the other fighters in the division, really, if he stays in that division in the super welterweight division, the, the two fighters that spring out to me who I think he should be facing now, uh, even though even though he's only twenty one and he's got this big record I would like to see him face the likes of Jarrah Hurd uh, and, and the Charlo brother uh, I can't, I can't, his name escapes me his first name because I always get mixed up between the two of them I think it's Jamel that's the middleweight and Jamel Jamar and Jamel I think it, it, it's very close so it's, yeah. it's hard to say between the two I think it's Jamal who's the super welterweight and J- Jamel uh, that's the middleweight anyway I want to see them I want to see this fight uh, either with Jarrah Hurd or, or Charlo because uh, Munguia now I know he's only 21 and I know we've just been talking about Reese Cartwright and you know he's he's 23 and he's had 21 fights but he's had a lot of fights he's got a lot of essentially uh, at a young age a lot of miles on the clock but when you look for his record even though his opponents that he's fought prior to Saddam Ali have got losing records he has been stopping him and he has been knocking him out uh, and he's on a bit of a run at the moment uh, in terms of the fighters he's beating and based on that performance you can kind of see why but to do it to someone like Saddam Ali who's a world class operator it's a big statement it's a big statement and if he goes in with the likes of Jarrah Hurd I think you know we're going to see some some big fights for him in the coming you've got to see some big fights for him really I mean where else can he go you can't really nurture him anymore I mean do you put him in a few more fights he's 29 and 0 where, 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 what other fights can you go in you can't go back and start fighting novice pros again he's just become a world champion he needs to fight other world champions now if he, he needs to fa- fight the likes of Jarrah Hurd and um, Jamal Charlo he needs to do it and, and, and that's what excites me about him bursting onto the scene the way he's done because now we've got a fighter who before the the Triple G fight and the, the link with it we didn't really know who he was over here so now we're getting to see him burst on the scene so impactfully will we see him clean up the division well that remains to be seen but it is exciting times for the super welterweight division and we've also got the likes of Kel Brook on the scene as well now so there's a lot of fights to be made there in that super welterweight division and it's actually starting to become a really really good division as I said earlier Liam Smith is actually the manager for the title I find it um pretty difficult to see Liam Smith beating him if I'm being totally honest and uh, I hate to say that because I like to support uh, the, the, the British fighters but I, I struggle to see how Liam Smith beats this guy he, he is too big and he probably will move up to, to middleweight at some point but I can see him maybe cleaning up this division first what do you think Carl I mean you've, you've had your word on it but do you do you think give Liam Smith a chance in this one it would be too, you can do your homework on him now you can kind of see what, what everyone maybe what people in the state too maybe seeing him a little bit more up close than what we would have maybe what they saw him. but his record is, is is a good one but from what I've seen the other night you're really going to struggle against someone of his size in that division and maybe if he moves with the middleweight um, it, it might be a different story but I think if Smith was to face him next coming off an injury it could be it could be what happened the same thing that happened the other night but um, there's, a, there's a lot going on in that division and I think the likes of her and the likes of the Charlotte brothers I think we're going to hear a lot more of them I think the 
announcement that Eddie Hurd had with the zone and form. Um, you're going to see a lot more of these kind of guys on, on, on the screens over here and um, in the build of the fights. And, and it, I think we're going to get to see the, the, the likes of Mungui again. And we're going to see him in big fights because I think Eddie Hearn will want kind of, I think he's interested in the Charlotte brothers. I'm sure the Charlotte brothers are interested in making some serious money. I'm sure Hurd kind of, I think he's already tweeted out that he, he wants to he wants to go with, down the WBA route with, or WBO route and go out to Mungui. So there's fighters calling fighters out, but it's whether the fights get made and it'd be interesting to see what McVeigh does next go get an offer to move up to middleweight um, he's, a, he's a very big super super welterweight so unless there's money fights there for maybe the, the Kell Brook that kind of stuff he does hold the world title now so that's that, that's an interesting kind of little thing that he, he people have to approach him now and it's if the, if the fights make sense and the money's there which I think it will be for a guy like him and his record because you can build around it that like he's he, he's the one that you need to be and WBO is, is around his waist now so it'd be interesting to see what happens but um, I think if Smith he's not going to turn down a world title shot so if it comes up it's going to be a tough fight so it'd be interesting to see if they could maybe get it over here and over um, on British soil but it could be one where he has to travel and I think it just becomes harder then well the other fight that was over in America this weekend uh, was Ray Vargas beating as as at Hov- I, can't, I can't pronounce his name Hovavanisan in a 12 round unanimous decision uh, he made it look very easy and, and that really sort of sums up the fight for me he made it look very easy it was quite a shutout decision and to sort of summarise Ray Vargas, I would like to see him now face Isaac Dogbo, who announced himself on the scene beating uh, Jesse Magdaleno a few weeks ago, as we discussed on the podcast. That's a fight I would love to see. People remember Ray Vargas from Gavin McDonald's challenge against him for the world title. Uh, at the time, it was a vacant world title, and obviously Gavin came up short, and you know Ray Vargas was that level above him in that one. And he looks a good fighter. He, he does look a good fighter, but I would like to see him in now with someone like Isaac Dogbo who really upset the apple cart a couple of weeks ago it just made it look so easy the other night I mean for people that might just watch boxing now and again and, and you're looking for them you know really really high intensity fights that, that wasn't really what you would have wanted to watch you, you just seen a pure quality class performance but I, he, again Ray Vargas he, he, he's made the fight easy for himself so to, to other people on the outside looking for the, the, the big the big te- high intensity fights and knockouts you weren't going to get it in this fight he was just going to get a pure class boxing performance and Ray Vargas now moves on and, and like I say the only logical fight I can see for him is Isaac Dogbo and obviously you've not been on in a couple of weeks Cahill. Um just touch a little bit on obviously the Ray Vargas fight but I want to get your thoughts on uh, Isaac Dogbo as well yeah exciting fighters uh, Ray Vargas is it was a brawl the other night but it was one that you always favoured him to come true and some of the scorecards um, maybe left a little bit to be desired but uh, he he's undefeated Dogbo undefeated so it kind of builds itself from there two world champions once again build itself from there so one you'd like to see and Dogbo looks like a really exciting fighter one that kind of wasn't that known to myself until a couple of weeks ago and Ray Vargas is one one of those names that you kind of you associate him off kind of he fought it he fought a Brit but um, he's a name that you always hear of and he has a has a has the WBC the WBC strap there so it, it, it's exciting times in those kind of divisions where you kind of you see these performances and then you see the names that you kind of go yeah that that person's in that division and that's who they could fight next but uh, he was in it was, it was it was a bit of a grueling kind of brawl but it was one that I did favour Vargas to come through and Dogbo is is an exciting fight and I don't think it will be that kind of fight if he does face Dogbo but it'd be one that maybe could build a little bit more maybe again it's one of those fights that if you if you put yourself in the mind of a kind of boxing promoter you could kind of give it maybe maybe a 
minute or two more and let them build it and let it be just as exciting as we did kind of have Lomachenko and Marek where you, you kind of get behind the names and you follow their story a little bit more and then you kind of see them get in with kind of get in with each other and then we, we get to see the fight that we really want to see yeah totally agree well let's move on let's have a short break uh, for people listening to our voices and let's listen to somebody else's voice now so this past week I spoke to Luke the Duke Watkins to discuss his upcoming fight with Lawrence Coli on the next gen show which is on the 6th of June at the York Hall Bethnal Green big step up for, for Luke this one we're both really looking forward to this I know you are because you interviewed him last time and we're looking at his ambitions and, and where he wanted to go and it was really good to hear from Luke and hear what he had to say uh, about Lawrence he was very respectful of Lawrence uh, and he was also keeping himself very grounded in, in this particular one so uh, we'll put that on for you now and we'll come back to you in a couple of minutes and Cahill will, will, will talk about Luke the Duke Watkins uh, in a few moments so Luke, it's really good to get you back on the show. Thank you for taking the time out to speak to us. Uh, I've got a couple of questions for you. Now you've had the big fight announced with Lawrence Okolai coming up on the 6th of June on the Next Gen Show. Uh, talk us through the announcement. Talk us through how preparation's going to go for this one. Well, preparation's been going well. I've been in two training camps with two other fighters this year. It's put me in good stead. Uh, we was obviously discussing with Lawrence and his team. And we knew that a date would be approaching so we started training you know it was like I said I'd been to camp so then it was right now I have an end date and we make the adjustment for me to come in on that date on weight so training's been going well and this is the step up that you've been looking for in your career the last time you spoke to us we was talking to you about looking at getting that next step looking to get them big fights and this is a big fight you are more experienced than Lawrence. Uh, you've had more professional fight. This will be your 14 professional fight. How, do you think that experience is going to play a big factor come fight night? Uh, I don't think so. The only thing I could say on that is... I have a psychological edge, knowing that I've prepared for two um, 12-round fights. Lawrence has yet to prepare for that. I have entered those two fights, fully prepared to go for the 12 rounds, but um, to my fortunate, it didn't go that way. So I could only see it as being a psychological edge. I'm sure Lawrence will prepare well, train hard, and be ready for 12 rounds. And going back to his fight with Isaac Chamberlain, was you able to watch that back and, and, and take some of the situations that happened in that fight and be able to look at, say, right, I can capitalise on this and, and I can take this into to, to, to my fight with Lawrence? And, you know, did you see any chinks in the armour? Yeah, I, I, I don't think that the, any fighter puts on any performance and has a perfect display. I just don't see that. Every time you make a mistake in boxing, you get hit. So it's to notice what mistakes he makes. It's also to notice what strengths he has and what things that he could potentially cause me problems with or try to cause me problems with that we have to be prepared for. And he's got quite an unorthodox style as Lawrence. Do you feel that you've had the right preparation in your professional career so far to, to, to be able to get in with uh, the likes of Lawrence Coli and be able to successfully defend the Commonwealth title uh, and then also pick up the WBA Continental title as well? Yeah, absolutely. I've, I've come across many styles. It's the reason that you spar as many people as you can so you can learn to adapt, adjust when you need to adjust. I'm facing nothing new as a man. The only thing I face new is Lawrence himself, you know, it is just another man that has a different style that I will fight. And I don't want you to look too far past this fight because 
because I know this is what your focus is at the moment. You're currently ranked as the second best cruiserweight in Britain at the moment. Above you is Matty Askin. We've, I think we have talked about this before. Is that a potential future fight? Is that where you would sort of set your sights on once this fight has been and gone? To know what I haven't looked past Lawrence, I haven't really give, given much thought. He has my full attention, and right now I just I am fully focused on him. Um, so the British title is something that we'd always look at in the future, but for now it is 100% Lawrence Akoli. And let's move on to the last weekend. I wanted to get your take on what happened over the weekend. There was some a uh, couple of shock results over the weekend, but let's start at the top and, and look at Bellew and Hay. Now, I know you'd um, you'd, uh, you'd sparred with Bellew uh, prior to this fight with Hay. Yes, that's correct. I was uh, I had uh, more than a couple of sessions up there. I was up there for uh, either six or eight sessions. Uh, it was good. And what what did you make of the performance? Was it what you expected on the night? Yeah, the left hook that he hit David Hay with <laughs> he hit me with in training um great left hook i didn't think it was going to go as early as it did i thought it was going to go a bit later i just thought it was an absolute excellent display from tony himself and he's talked about this after the fight realistically do you, do you think he should carry on do you think there's one more big fight left in him and if so who do you think the the the, the most feasible opponent could be for him well, at the moment they've been talking about Andre Ward he said it I think Andre Ward has also said about Eddie making a call to him um, but yeah I don't don't think that Tony should be done I think he has been performing and not underperforming not dipping he has been performing very high in his last few fights both fights with Hay his world title fight that florist name but he's been performing very well why would a man retire when he's performing at his best Uh, to me that just doesn't make sense I do also get he can sail off into the sunset um, on a great high I see both sides but just for me as a person I wouldn't necessarily be dipping out just yet and going back to uh, briefly going back to sort of you and your career uh, one of the uh, big tournaments that's happened over the last six months was the World Boxing Super Series and the breath of fresh air that he's bought, brought to boxing and in particular the division that you currently campaign in which is the cruiserweight division uh, we're going to be seeing the final uh, soon and it's going to be a really exciting final now that's something that a lot of people are really looking forward to with the announcement of the next three tournaments but the types of fighters that have been in the cruiserweight division and it sort of ignited this division uh, surely is is quite exciting for someone like yourself who's at a stage of his career now where you know within the next few fights it, it might not be too long before your your name's going to be mentioned amongst the likes of, of these fighters that have been in this tournament oh thank you thank you for that that's flattering um it, yeah i think the tournament has done great a lot of people that don't know boxing they this has opened up their eyes to boxing and it has opened up people's eyes to the cruiserweight division because, out, you know, it's, it's the newest, it's the youngest division that we have, the youngest weight category we have. Yeah. I, what is it, 1980s or 1970s? Um, I know it's, it's not old at all. And it's, it's doing absolutely wonders for the sport. And hopefully next time it comes back around and it's time for the cruiserweights, you know, it's, it'll be in a couple of years and I'll be ready to go in the tournament myself. And in regards to the final I'm really looking forward to it I'm a Usyk fan a Gassier fan I'm a bigger Gassier fan because I like his style but I do think Usyk style beats Gassier I totally uh, I totally agree with you on that one Luke because um, I've watched Usyk and you know what to be fair he's only had 14 
professional fights himself. Uh, so he's not too dissimilar in in terms of where he's at in his career. He's just uh, he's been sort of propelled into that platform where, like you say yourself, when it comes around again, potentially, you know, if there's another cruiserweight one. There's a great opportunity for, for yourself, but concentrating on where you're at at the moment, this is uh, the Lawrence Acolai fight is a is, is a massive fight for the pair of years, and it's you know your Commonwealth title that you're defending, and that WBA Continental title is it's essentially like a, a, a rankings title, so it propels you up further within the WBA rankings if you successfully win that on the night. So then hopefully within you know the next 12 to 18 months we could potentially be seeing you in you know in their sort of top 10 rankings and maybe. See, like I said earlier, maybe seeing you with the likes of uh, the Usyks and the Gassievs of the division uh, in the future, and, and, and that's quite exciting to think about. And it's brilliant to hear your preparations are going so well. It's uh, it's a bit of a strange night for boxing. It's a Wednesday night, uh, but it's 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 been happening recently with a lot of these shows. You know, we've had Friday nights, we've had Sunday nights, and now we're getting a Wednesday night. I, I'm really looking forward to, to to the fact that it's going to be on a Wednesday night, and I think it will do really well in terms of uh, viewership. Because boxing is boxing and, and everybody loves to watch boxing and there's not a lot on on a Wednesday night to be fair and with it coming to the end of the football season it's a fantastic opportunity for the you know guys to, that are, that like you say earlier that have not been sort of catching a lot of boxing an opportunity to catch guys like yourself on the TV and start following your career um, in terms of what you've uh, achieved so far and in term, terms of the support you've had so far it is the sort of people that you'd like to to mention you know guys like the sponsors the people that provide that support to help you continue on this journey that you're on at the moment absolutely absolutely and i'm i'm so glad that you brought that up um I'm just going to quickly name my sponsors. Um, so I work with Jazzbone Create, Ruben Inspired, Marlborough Fitness and Performance Centre, T2 Elite, Back to Fitness, NMB Food, Abbey Removals, and Baker Scaffolding. On the sponsor side of things, those guys keep it going. You know, they are my team. Behind closed doors, when no one sees what's going on, they are the ones that are making my life possible. You know, I'm a full-time boxer, and I've done it on the small hall shows, and I'm very, very blessed. But also, the ticket buyer, man, I love them. They come out no matter what. They fill up coaches. They come wherever I've got to go. And they are loyal to the core. And as a fighter, I don't think you can ask for much more. The only thing now, which I am so grateful for, is I get to now take them to the opportunities of I'm now fighting main event on Sky Sports against Lawrence. You know, that is in itself a gift back to them. They get to come and get the good nights of boxing, the big nights of boxing. And and I'm just real, real grateful for it all. Luke, as always, it's been a fantastic pleasure to get you on and thank you so much for taking the time out. I appreciate you've got a lot of media commitments with the show being on Sky Sports, so thank you for taking the time out to speak to us today. No uh, good luck for the fight, really looking forward to it. Uh, I wish you the best of luck and I hope to see you again on the show soon. Nah, thank you ever so much for having me. It's a pleasure and we'll definitely stay in touch. Thank you. Go. So there we go, it's good to hear from Luke the Duke Watkins there, uh, talking about his fight with Lawrence Coli. Really excited to see how that one turns out, because Luke has got a little bit more experience uh, in terms of fight numbers, and it's going to be an interesting fight come fight night on the 6th of June. Cole, you spoke to him uh, about 6 or 7 weeks ago, and you sort of got the same response. He's a pretty cool, calm and collected character, isn't he? Yeah, no, he's really approachable, Luke, and, and uh, that's what what you want from kind of fighters, where they're kind of they're welcoming, and, and it is not a question they want answered. And Luke is kind of... 
he's doing something that I like seeing half hours do. He's kind of he is going in as the underdog, but he's putting it on the line. He's putting his title on the line, and he's going in there with Lawrence Coley. And I don't think either kind of loses out of this. I think a Coley, you have to give him respect as well. He's been with Chamberlain and stuff like that. So these are guys who aren't kind of padding their records out with kind of with journeymen or kind of guys who have a half decent looking record. They're getting in with each other. They're defending titles, and that's what you want to see at this kind of this kind of juncture at their career, or even in boxing. You don't want to see these guys kind of like kind of have trash talk for about four or five for about four or five more fights, and then you're kind of going to just. It, it, it kind of dies or if one of them picks up defeat so if we're going to get to see it we're going to get to see it down in June and it's a, it's, a, it's an item I'm really excited about because I think the York Hall midweek shows um, they, they really come across with atmosphere and stuff like that and I think um, it's, the, the place is going to be rocking on that night and I, I'm, it's a fight I'm really looking forward to seeing and, and from my own point of view in terms of the Irish connection I hope that uh, I hope Luke can get, can get through on the night because I think he does have a lot to give and Paddy Fitzpatrick is one of the one of the binds in boxing who's um, he's pure boxing so it'd be great to see him be able to do it but I, I expect a tough, a tough fight but a really good fight for Luke on the night and I expect the same from uh, Apollo yeah absolutely well let's move on to this weekend's action and the biggest fight of the weekend is Adonis Stevenson versus Badu Jack for the WBC light heavyweight title which is at stake I'm uh, really excited for this one uh, it's about time we've got Stevenson back in the ring we've not seen him for a while he's only had five fights in three years which I find quite astonishing for a guy who's a WBC light heavyweight title uh, how, how long has he held this title for now he's had it for quite a while hasn't he yeah he's had a really long time and he's one he's really one of those fighters that I get the most frustrated with because he's putting all these pictures out or all these videos out where he's driving Rolls Royces or stuff like that and I'm kind of going how does this guy afford these he barely fights so it, it, it's one of them where he he hasn't even been in he hasn't defended the title with the greatest opponents and it, Saturday night could be the, the change of the guard I think Badu Jack is, any time I've seen him I've always been impressed with him um, I loved it I loved the James DeGale fight it was, it was one of them where it kind of had you on the edge of your seat the whole way through so for me I'd like to see Jack get it because I think he can be um, he can maybe be the shining light in that division because he, he he has the skills and his composure the way he picks up but the thing is Stevenson always has that power that has, has finished so many opponents so he is getting on in years so it'll be interesting to see what kind of uh, Stevenson we do get where he kind of really has to step up now or not even step up where he really has to be on, on, on form for the likes of Badu Jack so if Badu Jack can, can pull off, pull it off I think that's a, that's a division that's going to get really exciting again it's probably the biggest fight of the weekend the one that I'd probably be might fall under the radar a little bit in terms of people might have known Stevenson a while back when he was fighting the likes of Bell you or you're getting to see him on Sky a lot but he, he kind of drifted off and people weren't really too, too interested in that division or himself anymore so it'd be interesting to see what we get um, from Stevenson but uh, if, if Jack could pull it off I think it's going to become a, a much more exciting division not just another kind of Stevenson reign and uh, like for another couple of couple of years where it kind of the division just kind of falls into one of those one of those sleepy divisions almost like the Cruiserweight division did before the World Boxing Super Series maybe it's one of those divisions that needs a World Boxing Super Series where these guys have to fight each other and can just kind of go through an active period where you kind of lose interest in them and they're just putting out videos of constantly wearing fur coats and stuff like this Stevenson isn't one of those fighters that I'd kind of be too interested in hearing from but um, if Jack can do it I think he has the, the back in there the promotion where they're really going to try to push him on with that WBC title but for me with Stevenson it's quite frustrating because he's only fought five times in three years and he, he's 40 year old now as well and no one can deny the power he's got in that left hand you know it's quite evident he, he can he can hurt practically anybody within the division and that will be a telling factor on the night Punch is always the last thing to go in a fighter whether he's still going to have the same reactions and I'm not comparing this to, 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 to David Hay and Tony Bellew but look at the way David Hay's reactions timing and speed have sort of completely eluded him now and the punch is the only one thing he seems to, to have left I, I, you know Stevenson could be the same against Badu Jack now with Badu Jack he had an upset loss to Derek Edwards in 2014 and he's gone on since then to beat Anthony Durrell George Groves Lucian Butte a draw with De Gale 
show and then he beat Nathan Cleverly for the WBA light heavyweight title last August so he, he's on an absolute fantastic run at the moment he's a very good fighter it does take him a little bit to get going sometimes in, in some of the fights I've seen him but he seems to warm up to sort of the, towards the middle to back end of the fight and that's when he really really sort of comes on strong and I think uh, key to victory really for Badu Jack would be to weather the early storm because Stevenson is going to bring the early storm that's for sure he, he's got to because I, I can't see him going through a full 12 round fight if Badu Jack puts pressure on him constantly if he makes him fight at Badu Jack's pace then we could we could see a fight where he could be systematically broken down and you know we see a potential late stoppage I'm not suggesting that's my prediction I, I do think Badu Jack wins this I, I think he does take the victory I, I'm a bit sort of on the fence about how he does that whether he, whether he just outboxes him for 12 rounds or whether he has the power to hurt him later on we'll see I'm not going to discount Adonis Stevenson because I know he can punch and I know he can hurt people and it's, it's it's been shown in the past he can hurt people but I just feel it is the changing of guard as you say earlier and this is the night we get to see it and we get to see a more active fighter in Badu Jack who's, who's took on all challenges and all comers and I've got the utmost respect for him I've seen uh, him fight against Anthony Durrell that was the first time I've seen Badu Jack and then when I seen him fight George Groves and then Lucian Butin and the, the fight with the Gale was, was quite a good fight he beat Nathan Cleverly um, Nathan Cleverly for me was, was, was way past his best at that point so I can't really say you know that was a uh, an epic performance he did what he needed to do he, he you know he ground him down picked up the victory and, and now we're going to get to see this fight a weekend and I'm really hoping he, he does do it because I, I, like you said earlier I'm not for a fighters driving around in the fancy cars and flashing it off and flashing the fur coats off when they could be training hard getting in the ring and for, for five fights in three years uh, and a world champion for me is, is, is not acceptable really and I, I want to see I want to see the, the, the changing of the guard for, for that reason alone but I also want to see it because I do feel Badu Jack's a guy that is, is good for the sport and he is good for the division and him winning this title will will open up the division a little bit more and we'll get to see some some great unification fights hopefully in the future but yeah I, I'm saying Jack I'm saying potential late stoppage or, or a shutout points victory uh, what do you think Carl what's your take on that yeah no if if he can we can get through the early round then kind of get his work in maybe get it going in the in the fifth and sixth maybe if he can see if Stevenson will tire but yeah he is older now and, and if he, if Stevenson is there to try to get him out early before he can settle in then he could uh, he could get a tired maybe a tired Stevenson and maybe get him out of there in the in the later rounds but uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with with the points victory um for Badu Jack and I, I'm not gonna say it's gonna be really wide but uh, I'd say a close points decision for Badu Jack well let's move on to the other big fight of the weekend and it's over here and it's in Leeds and it's Lee Selby versus Josh Warrington for the IBF world title this is Selby's fifth defence of the title and it's Warrington who's coming off the back of wins of former opponents uh, including Dennis Chalen uh, Joel Brunkner he's also fought Kiko Martinez Patrick Highland we've seen them fights with Josh Warrington and Lee Selby they've had a lot of common ground in terms of the fighters they've fought recently and Selby for me never looks like he gets out of second gear in fights but I think he's going to have to box smart in this one and he can he can box really well we know he can he's, you know some people have said it in the past certain pundits and certain uh, people on social media you know, they compare him to as 
as, as the Welsh Mayweather. Uh, it's a bit of a statement. I mean, we've not yet seen the best of Lee Selby, I don't think. I think we've seen him maybe second gear, but he's going to have to be on his top game against Josh Warrington because Josh Warrington will come to fight. He will put the pressure on and we should hopefully see a great fight. In terms of what Josh Warrington's chances are for this fight, for me, Cahill, is he, he, he's got to put educated pressure on, but he's in a situation where he's fighting the better boxer in this one and he's got to be very smart in, in terms of when he tries to get in on the inside and he's got to make that work count because he, he, he could just end up getting picked apart and people uh, are saying again on social media that you know Selby boxes Warrington's head off all day but it could be the case this could actually happen we could see Selby just get out of second gear third fourth and fifth gears and, and really step it up and really show why he is the world champion and why he is what people say about him as a fighter but Warrington's just a guy who I've seen over the years systematically break down all his opponents whilst he doesn't have this one punch knockout power or, or this telling punch power essentially he grinds him down he doesn't give him a breath he reminds me a lot of Ricky Hatton the way he used to grind opponents down and he does exactly the same sort of style of fighting as well so it is going to be interesting to sort of see how this one plays out on Saturday night and it's a really good fight and I'm, I'm finally glad it's actually happening it's been talked about for months but Cahol I want to get your take on it now and what you think about it do you agree with the points that I've made about Selby or, or do you feel maybe Warrington could, could take this one what do you think I've seen a lot of people backing Josh Warrington and it almost as if almost writing off Lee Selby which is which I found really strange because I think if, if we get the smart Lee Selby the one who's really up for it because at times I think he'd be guilty of kind of losing interest in fights or kind of I wouldn't say underestimating opponents but kind of not giving them the respect kind of he, he, he knows he has enough to kind of finish them off so he's going in with I think it's it, this one's a real tough one for me because if Warrington carried more power I think I'd say that yeah he he, he, he probably beats Lee Selby but he doesn't carry huge power um, he's he's a very good pressure fighter but I think if, if Lee Selby can get his get his mind right and kind of if he puts on if the Lee Selby that we know can turn up because he has all the skill he has all the flash um, he, he could put on a, a very good boxing performance and we could see him kind of coast to almost um, a, a, a points victory but if he, if he gets dragged into a kind of dogfight I think there's only one winner I think that's Josh Warrington but it's such an interesting fight because it'd be interesting to see what Josh Warrington has he's, be, he's been campaigning for this world title shot for such a long time now I, it, it's it's probably years now where he's kind of always been on the cusp of a world title shot and now he has it so he, he has to make the most of his opportunity if he can keep busy he needs to be careful that he doesn't burn his engine out because he is going to be doing probably a lot of he's going to be doing a lot of the pressure work he's going to have to try catch Selby in terms of getting up against Rose try rough him up maybe a bit of dirty boxing maybe unsettle Selby but Selby isn't is no kind of um, he's no uh, he's no strangers that himself so he knows all the tricks of the trade and I think people underestimate Selby he's, a, he's kind of a quiet kind of unassuming character until you kind of push him and then he, then you get a kind of you get a you get a pushback from him so for me I think if Warrington carried more power I could see it being a, War- a Warrington win so I don't think Selby would be able to avoid his, avoid his power all night but he does only need to be caught once and if he's caught right he probably goes so Selby does um, he does have a chain he has been put down so um, it wouldn't be a surprise to me if um, the, how Warrington wins the fight is is maybe if he can get him out of there early if he just puts the pressure on can can rough him up not let him get set into his rhythm and I think that's how Warrington wins but I think if it goes late I think if Selby feels the power and goes yeah this is enough to stop me I think we, we could get one where it, it goes to points and I think Selby retains title points and he, he's defended that title a lot now and I think he could push on to that fight with Carl Frampton but I think from a from a from a fan's point of view I think the Warrington and Frampton fight in Belfast those two would know how to take a backward step so it would it would be such an exciting fight but um for me I'm gonna say Selby on points I think 
his boxing, his boxing IQ, his boxing brain, his, his slick style. If he can, if he can manage to pull that all off the night, brings it all together on the night, and he's going into the Lions then, he won't want to go in there and lose his world title. It's all being put up against him, so he's gonna have his backup. He's want to go in and prove them wrong, and he's want to go in and make a statement. And I think putting putting the first blemish on Josh Warrington's record really gets you to see what Lee Selby's all about. So it'd be interesting to see what Lee Selby shows up on the night. But um, I, I think a really exciting fight and one that I don't think is going to disappoint. I think um, I think it's one of them that it's on a big stage. It's for a big title. And I think we're going to see the best of Warrington. And we're going to see the best of Selby, and I think that's 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 an exciting thing on Saturday night. Well, in terms of predictions, Carl, I think uh, I'm, I'm pretty similar to you, to be honest with you. If Lee Selby executes the game plan and the performances that everybody feels he's capable of, then for me, it's he wins. He, he takes it on points. But if he doesn't, and he doesn't get out of second gear, or for any reason he becomes disinterested or frustrated, which we've seen in the past, Josh Warrington could capitalise on that. And his his style of boxing, his constant pressure, you know, we've seen him do this. We've seen him with this engine for 12 rounds over quite a few fights, and this will be no this will be no different. He'll be able to go 12 rounds, and it, it's difficult for one for me to predict. I I my thoughts are that Selby wins on points, but a part of me also thinks, you know, can Josh Warrington execute a good enough game? plan to to outsmart Selby and capitalise on some of the the you know the chinks in the armour and, and the chinks in the armour for Selby for me are the uh, sometimes he gets disinterested he, he switches off in fights he gets frustrated as well quite easily when things are not going his way and these are all factors that could affect it on on the night and it's on a big stage it's obviously it's in Leeds it's it's in the Lions Den as you say and we've heard what the crowd's like in Leeds they've got a, he's got a massive following behind him Josh Warrington in Leeds he's got the whole city behind him so Lee Selby's either going to thrive off all that or he's going to crumble off all that and he's going to get frustrated and Josh Warrington's going to pick up the win and I know I'm very very on the fence with this answer but my, my initial thought would be Selby on points but we'll have to wait and see what happens and I am excited for it I think it's a really good fight and I'll move on now because the rest of the card it's a stacked card a really stacked card it's a you know it's a, it's a decent show essentially for people we've got Jack Catterall fighting uh, Mohamed Carney for the WBO Intercom Continental super lightweight title. Last time we seen Catterall out was was beating Tyrone Nurse for the British title. He had a tune up on the thirty first of March, and I think he's looking ready for him to move up now to go to sort of European level. So he's got a performance to put on uh, and an impression to make there on Saturday night. We've also got Darren Tetley and Mason Cartwright, who may not be known to all the listeners, but they are both undefeated fighters uh, fighting for the WBO European Super Welterweight title. And this is the biggest test of their career so far because looking through their history and their records, they've you know they've sort of been built up to this point now where they've fought a lot of guys with uh, you know losing records essentially, and, and so they've been built up to this point, and they're both undefeated, and they're both going to want to pick up a win uh, and this WBO title on Saturday night because it puts them in a position where they're in the, the you know the, the rankings for the world then and, and that's where it starts to become you know pushing on for either one of them but both are young enough to, to take a loss and come back as well so that's also another interesting one to look at this weekend uh, O'Hara Davis he's back as well uh, against Chris Sabia Chris Sabia again he's a, he's a fighter that not a lot of people probably know the, the the only real fight he's had that people will have known of maybe is the Bradley Skeet fight back in 2014 uh, possibly a straightforward win for Davis and the rest of the card as well is is stacked I mean we've got the likes of Nicola Adams Mark Heffron Jack Bates and Danny Wright Leon Woodstock uh, and Reese Mould all 
undefeated prospects that are on this card this weekend and it's a really really good card uh, I, I suspect that the uh, the latter fights will probably be slightly overmatched fights you know against fighters with losing records but it is good to see all these fighters out on this one big card and Cahill again this is a great card from Warren isn't it yeah it's, it's a great British card it's 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 up in there up in Leeds so I think you're going to get a good crowd no matter what and especially with Ellen Road they're going to on a nice spring evening if they can get it I think you're going to have the place rocking especially for Warrington but um, I think I, don't, I can't imagine O'Hara Davis having too many fans up in Leeds he seems to he's, he's a polarising figure and I don't think he has too many fans but I think he feeds off that so it'll be interesting to see what O'Hara Davis comes back with and it'll be interesting to see how he how he does now that he kind of he maybe has a bit more of the spotlight over Frank Warren he kind of he, he's been talking again and, and he's he's had a pop with Terry Flanagan and he's having saying that he's not fighting bums but he's, he has his opponents there that he has to get through and then I think he has Josh Leather again then in June which he has to get through so it was a big setback for O'Hara Davis so it'd be interesting to see how he bangs back um, Jack Cattrall is another one of them that you're interested to see he's at that point that um, I think he's been built up now and he's kind of going in with Kenny who's who, who doesn't have a it doesn't he's not he's no slouch I think he has if, if it's if, I don't know if he's undefeated but I think he might have one defeat so they're going in with each other and it's one of them that you're kind of going to see the best of these guys so um, it's interesting to see Nicola Adams come out again because as I said women's boxing now he's building up so much we've seen uh, Cecilia Brackhouse so there recently we saw Clarissa Shields we have Katie Taylor we have Savannah Marshall we have um, Natasha Jonas so it's all these kind of fighters and, and Nicola Adams is he's one of them that's probably after Katie Taylor maybe one of the most recognisable faces in women's boxing um, so it's it, it's exciting times um, so it, it's one of the it's a, it's, a, it's a real Frank Warren card because there's no from what you can see there's no really overmatch fights maybe the early ones that you would expect where it's a kind of a get out and kind of keep busy other than that there's kind of there's kind of I wouldn't say 50-50s but there's no massively overmatched um, overmatched fight so it'd be an exciting night in Leeds and I think if the main event can deliver I think um, you're in for a real treat and I think BT are kind of this is what they're putting all their all their money behind these kind of nights really delivering for them and you'd be hoping for the fighters and Frank Warren because Frank Warren's doing special things over there he's he's, he's putting he's trying to put the competition up Daddy Hearn that's what you want to see because it's good for boxing it's good for fighters and I, I think now with, with the announcements that we're getting from from, from these guys like Eddie Hearn who's, who's making a big over in the States we're going to have a real saturation of boxing so these cards are going to have to improve because it's going to be such a competitive market so I think it's only good things for boxing fans so I think Saturday night is going to be an exciting one I think the main event can't fail but deliver but the, the undercard there is, is definitely worth tuning into because it, it's a full day of sport so I think if you're on BT you can watch the, the FA Cup final and then you can tune into the box and so it's one of them that if you wanted to get down to the pub or you wanted to get a few beers in I think you have a day of sport and I think the boxing caps it off brilliantly yeah no absolutely does it's going to be a great day for sport that day that's for sure uh, let's move on to the final fight that I've noted for the weekend coming up and it's over in America again it's Gary Russell Jr. versus Joseph Diaz and it's for the WBA uh, WBA WBC featherweight title uh, Gary Russell Jr. Uh, may, may or may not be known to British fight fans he, he is the fighter that uh, lost to Lomachenko uh, a, a couple of fights back and Joseph Diaz is a fighter that probably nobody knows over in Britain however his last victory was over Victor Terrazas who was the former WBC super bantamweight champion he is quite well known in the USA this is a massive opportunity for Diaz to make a statement but Russell Jr as we've seen up until his Lomachenko fight is a is a, is a massive test for him massive test for Diaz Gary Russell Jr was looking one that was going to be uh, an unbeatable and there's only one man that's done it and it's Lomachenko who we talked about earlier so this is going to be 
a really good fight over in America at the weekend. It's another one, along with the Stevenson-Jack fight, to, to, to catch up with maybe on Sunday morning. Because, you, you you know, if you do follow boxing this much in Britain and you do know Gary Russell Jr., you do know what level of fighter he is and you do know that this is, is potentially going to be a good fight for him. Joseph Diaz, again, relatively unknown, but we've seen this in the last few weeks with the likes of Isaac Dogbo, uh, Kerman Lajara. Uh, obviously, we had the victory over the weekend uh, from Unguia. So you've seen all these fighters that have come sort of seemingly out of nowhere picking up world titles and it's, it's a fantastic time for boxing and this is exactly what we want to see. Uh, but Carl, I'll come over to you now and Gary Russell Jr. Obviously, he's lost to Lomachenko uh, but he's got the WBC featherweight title and going up against, again, a relatively unknown fighter. Um, how much have you seen of Gary Russell Jr. and had you heard of Joseph Diaz before this announcement? Joseph Diaz is a name that I recognise from kind of social media and stuff. I think if you follow boxing, like if you follow a number of boxing people, like you'll see kind of names come up and, and you could be forgiven because there is, I don't know how many Diaz is in boxing, like it's probably one of the most familiar names up there with the likes of Garcia or something like that. It's just a familiar name that's going to be knocked around. So um, it'd be exciting to see this kind of fight because Gary Russell Jr. is, you could forgiven to say like it's not a it's not a big blemish on his record. He was beaten by one of them that could maybe that go down in all time history of one of the as one of the best boxers ever if it all pans out the way they want in Lamachenko but uh, he will be known to Irish fans um, Gary Russell Jr. because he fought uh, Patrick Ireland and uh, that, that fight didn't get too much coverage over here in terms of because I don't think Ireland really was was given much of a chance but it was covered um, I think I think it even made it the sky so it, it's one of them that I think when an Irish guy is fighting you kind of take interest because you want to see how good the other fighter is do we have a chance of having another world champion and he he, he was put in Ireland has, has had a good record when he was fighting but um, I think he was in with something special in Gary Russell Jr. So it'd be interesting to see what we get on the night. I think from what we would know of Gary Russell Jr., we'd expect him to win, but we don't know what what Joe what Joey Diaz is gonna is gonna do for us. So it, it, it could be an exciting fight. But as you said, it's these fights that you want to tune in for, kind of follow follow up on because you're gonna see names that you, you might go. I think it was who was it last week that we saw Paul Butler in? Um, uh, Manuel Rodriguez. Name, it, it, yeah, it disappears me now. I think was it was was it Rodriguez? Was it? Yeah, yeah, Manuel Rodriguez. Yeah, he's another one. Yeah, he's another fighter who we talked about as a. Uh, last week's episode again another fighter who, who relatively unknown but then comes in and, and did what he did to Butler yeah because that's yeah, exactly He's he put on he was in with Butler who missed the weight and stuff like that but Butler didn't have a chance from the first round and you could see that this guy was so composed and he's just another name in that that exciting division but I'm just saying that these fighters that maybe you don't see all the time like you're not going to see these kind of fighters maybe on matchroom cards because they want their matchroom cards to be, doing, to be doing well and on Frank Warren cards so you do maybe have to tune in if you do love your boxing maybe the next day try, try maybe pick it up on the internet or if you can find it on Box Nation or something like that but you're going to see these kind of fighters that if you keep an eye on them you're going to see exciting fights and Kerry Russell Jr is one of them that he's only lost to Lomachenko so that, that says it all he's only lost to Lomachenko so he is a name in that division we'd be interested to see what we get from Diaz but um, if, if the record's around to go by it should be an exciting fight yeah again listeners get on to that one Sunday morning or if you're brave enough to stay up all night do it and watch it because it'll be a great early morning for boxing so let's move on uh, we've not had any Irish boxing updates for about three weeks now <laughs> and I'm really looking forward to hearing some of the stuff that you've got for us this week Cole. so Irish boxing updates fire away yeah so we, over the past few weeks I was actually over in LA when Gary was over there so he picked up the victory so I think his next fight is going to be a big fight maybe maybe he might get a, a return in Canelo or maybe maybe he might get the chance of uh, of Golovkin but uh, he went over and did what he needed to do over in LA and he, he got the victory he wasn't uh, struck down by any spiders or any kind of whatever it took <laughs> my leg nearly off me so um, the, the, the Irish fight has been busy we see tennis and he picked up another victory and a great victory of award having to get up off the canvas and, and come back and get the win we saw Katie Taylor unified the division um, or she didn't unify the, 
division, sorry, she um, she t- she took on the the IBF strap, and she looks like she's just gone on to bigger and better things. We had Michael Conlon the other night who um, who picked up uh, picked up another win, a kind of keep busy fight almost over in America, but he's building his profile over there, and he's doing exciting things because he has his homecoming now coming uh, this summer, and I think to see the to see the Conlons fighting over in um, over here in over in Ireland is it, just exciting times, and it feels like Irish boxing with these guys kind of coming home and having their homecoming. It's it, it's only exciting kind of things are happening. Um, in the heavyweight division, we have Sean Turner who's going to take on Nathan Gorman in a fight I really love because it's one of those that it for me it's a 50-50 fight I think Sean Turner um, he went over to Switzerland he beat uh, I think it was the Cobra who David Hay defeated for then he fought Hergovic who, who who is going to be a name in the heavyweight division um, so Sean Turner is one of them that he, he wants to have a fight he believes in his ability and it, Nathan Gorman's going to have to be on his best to beat Sean Turner on the night and I think the June 9th card now over with Frank Warren is going to turn into a really exciting card so um, it, it's really buzzing on the Irish scene um, not so much here um, at the moment with our fights but we do have another Celtic Clash 6 coming up so that'll be exciting times more Irish fighters getting out over here a chance to build a profile but on the, on the on the international scene I think Jay Quigley it looks like he may get a title shot or be in line and um, maybe one more fight and he may get a title shot because he's moved up in up in the ranking so it's, it's exciting times for, for Irish boxing um, I think Irish boxing in America seems to be doing well uh, we have a new fighter now who's signed with Golden Boy that I think people are going to get on now because I think he's 2-0 maybe 3-0 Aaron McKenna um, he signed with Golden Boy um, he's one to keep an eye on and his brother is also signed um, with Golden Boy so Irish Boxing's doing well um, it's doing well over in the States guys like Spike O'Sullivan quickly all building the name we see Katie Taylor taking home another world title so it's all exciting times here in Irish Boxing so it'll be exciting to see maybe Sean Turner pick up the win on June 9th and um, it, it's one of them that it, you need to keep your eye on Irish Boxing at the moment because it really is buzzing it is and it's really been exciting over the past couple of months really to, to see how it's progressing and it seems to have progressed quite far in a short space of time and all the fights that you've mentioned there and the fighters you know it's been really great over the past few weeks to, to see what's been going on so Carl it's great to have you back on for the Irish Boxing Updates thank you very much so let's move on then to the next part of the show it's the segment which I love and it's this week in Boxing History Yes, this week in boxing history, and I've got about three or four to go through with you this week that I've picked out. Uh, there's so many of them every week that I could talk about, but we'll be here all night talking about them. So I've only picked out a select few for this week's show. And the first one was on the 15th of May, 1953, undefeated heavyweight Rocky Marciano knocked out Jersey Joe Walcott in the first round, and he retained the world heavyweight title. Um, Rocky Marciano, undefeated fighter, his record only recently broken by Floyd Mayweather, but that's debatable, I suppose, because uh, it was an exhibition bout against Conor McGregor. But Rocky Marciano was one of these heavyweights who we'll probably touch on in our greatest heavyweights episode that we'll be doing shortly and he, he's a fighter that I always love to watch going through all the YouTube clips and he's such a sort of a, a rugged rough style of fighting it makes me wonder you know what what he would have been like in this day and age I mean he was quite a short fighter as well uh, from what I recall looking you know at the stats he was he was one that when people talked about you know fighters of years gone by and, and Rocky Marciano I think a lot of them uh, they kind of shot him down a little bit you know with his achievements because he was in an era where he, he didn't really 
have to fight all the greatest heavyweights. I mean, obviously he fought Joe Lewis and he beat Joe Lewis, but that was at the end of Joe Lewis's career. So it's yeah, one of these debatable subjects that we could go all night talking about. But this day was the 15th of May and it was 1953 and it was Rocky Marciano knocking out Jersey Joe Walcott. So, the next one. Does anybody remember this one? Questions from the rest of the room. Do you have any questions? I got a question. You got any excuses tonight, Roy? Let's not ask questions like that. Let's test gloves and go to work. Yes, that was Antonio Tava against Roy Jones Jr. And that was back in 2004. And specifically, uh, it was on the 15th of May 2004. Antonio Tava knocks out Roy Jones Jr. in Las Vegas. And he becomes essentially the unified champion with the WBA, WBC, uh, a relatively unknown IBA, IBO, NBA, WBF, and the Ring Magazine light heavyweight titles. And them comments, uh, just something that's going on in boxing history, I suppose you're never going to forget that fight and you're never going to forget the comments that were made before it because it's uh it's, it's just been wrote into boxing folklore now it was uh it was such an epic event you just wasn't expecting to see Roy Jones Jr. knocked out and the arrogance and confidence from Antonio Tava in that in, in that statement there was um was epic because that's how that's how good he was at the time as well Antonio Tava he was a great fighter back in the light heavyweight division don't think he had as good of a heavyweight career but light heavyweight he, he was one of the best out there for sure what did you make of that do you ever remember that situation going down Cahal yeah it's one of them I think I don't know if there's a gift floating around a bit because every time like something about boxing comes up I seem to get sent it but um no I remember that kind of time in boxing that was it was it was always it was always exciting but it's some of the world titles there I've never even heard of the IBA <laughs> the NBA, what is the NBA national they're they're world titles that I've never even heard of just until I'm reading the notes here the WBF now, I remember all those times, but I didn't think there were so many world titles on the on the line. Yeah, w, I, think the, I, think, I, <laughs> I think the WBF was like the World Boxing Federation. I have I have heard of that one before, but it's relatively unknown. But like the NBA, like the um, or the NBF, I've never heard heard of that one. When I think of the NBA, I just think of basketball. You know? Yeah, I never thought. I've never even heard. That would probably be. She doesn't make any sense because it wouldn't be in a world title, but who knows? It, it, it more than likely is. I've heard the IBA being a kind of lower kind of national title in America, but the WBA, a kind of interesting fact that I that my friend sent me there the other week, um, I think they still have their cruiserweight rankings still has Roy Jones Jr. as their number one fighter, which, <laughs> which, which is crazy. I, I, if it's if that's up to date, I think it is. It's shocking trivia. Oh, that's absolutely mental if that's the case. <laughs> but yeah, no, great period of time, great fight. Uh, really, really a good one to go back and look on on YouTube. And moving on to the 17th of May and... No, 17th of May, 1956. Ray Charles Leonard was born. Sugar Ray Leonard was born. Uh, an epic fighter in his own right and a fighter we will probably cover at some point during our journey on this podcast. Uh, maybe the life and times of Sugar Ray Leonard would be an interesting one to do. But yeah, one of the greatest fighters that has ever lived. Sugar Ray Leonard was born on the 17th of May, 1956. And finally, on the 18th of May, oh, what a fight. What a fight this was. 18th of May, 2002. Uh, Mickey Ward beat Arturo Gatti in what was the fight of the year in probably the fight of the century at this point. And if you're going to go back and look at the best fights of all time, you need to go back and look at this fight because this was probably, if he's not up at the top of one of the best fights you've ever seen, or it's it's got one of the best rounds of boxing you will ever see, and I mean that ever. The ninth round of this fight was 
it was reminiscent of, of a Rocky movie. It was just three minutes of war. Uh, it, it just summed up the whole Gatti War trilogy in that one round, in that three-minute round. It was a fight that I'll never forget. It's a fight I still go back and watch now because it's it's such a good fight. And anybody who, who, who loves boxing and loves an all-action style of fight, if you've not watched this one, you need to go on YouTube and go Mickey Ward versus Arturo Gatti 1 in 2002. What a fantastic fight. Uh, and and if, you, if you watch it, you'll hear the... Uh, the commentary at the end of it is fantastic. Uh, you had Emmanuel Stewart, you know, he just gone away from his complete sort of unbiased view and he's, he, he, he's shouting stuff like, you know, go to the body, go to the body. And then you've got Jim Lampley going crazy, telling the referee to stop the fight. He's like, you can stop it now, Frank, you can stop it. It's, it's just mental, a mental fight. And it's one that I highly suggest that you go and watch. And Carl, obviously, I've got to get your word on this one. This is surely one of the fights that, that's, you know, if, if, if it didn't get you into boxing, uh, has made you love boxing for what it is. No, it, that's the that's one of the fights, and it's two names that um, I think they just link with each other. Ward and Gatti. It's it, it those wars, the the kind of fights they had are, are ones that if if you're trying to introduce someone to boxing or someone who you kind of who maybe has seen a matchroom card, they're kind of like, yeah, I kind of like boxing. I actually wouldn't mind kind of watching kind of old fights. I, I'd sit them down in kind of a war Gatti fight and say you're not you're not gonna not like boxing after this. You're gonna really enjoy boxing because they're the fights that. They they did they, they they never you never thought they wouldn't deliver they delivered everything and and the kind of it, it's interesting now on YouTube that like if you look up kind of any boxing video I think if you look up a certain amount of them it'll say recommended for you Ward Gaddy they're two of the names that just they're synonymous with boxing and go down in history and it's something that it, there'd be there'd be videos I watch kind of because if you love boxing I love boxing and you're just watching the clips of it are always exciting and always kind of. You can if you just if you have your he- headphones in, sit and work on your break tomorrow or, or or during the week. Just give it give it a little watch, give it a little um, give it a little listen because the whole thing it just kind of encapsulates what boxing is all about and the excitement that it can bring when it when it's at its best. Totally, one hundred percent agree. Get it, watch guys. It's a fantastic fight. And it leads me nicely on to the final section of today's show, which is the news and gossip section. So let's talk about what's going on in this week's news. So we've touched on a little bit of it earlier on in the show, actually, at the start when we talked about uh, Lomachenko and the Linares fight. And we've Bob Arum has ruled out an immediate rematch of Jorge Linares and Vasyl Lomachenko, although it's claimed a possibility could it could happen late 2018, early 2019. It, it doesn't sound like that's going to be the case. We've, I think we mentioned it earlier on. It does sound like the plan is to, to go down the WBO route and, and Ray Beltran and look to face Ray Beltran, which I think would be uh, a fight which Lomachenko would win with, with ease. No, no disrespect to Ray Beltran, but I think that's a fight he would win with ease. And then maybe then they'll look at a possibility of, uh, you know, the winner of Mikey Garcia, Robert Issa Jr. in the future. But then there's also stuff going around social media about a potential lomachenko Manny Pacquiao fight, which has been mentioned in earlier podcasts and a few weeks back. So overall, what do you make of, of, of all this stuff that's come out from Bob Arum? Do you, do you, do you take too much of it in or do you just take it with a pinch of salt 
I think if I think the the Lanar the fight, I think if they look at the numbers that they get from the weekend, I think it takes about a week, maybe ten days, to get the full numbers from the from the weekend. So he might look at it then and go, do you know what, this is going to make sense to kind of have it next. The Beltran fight might probably doesn't do huge numbers and and isn't going to be one that would maybe appeal to too many of the the boxing public. So it, it's one of them promoters can say that they they they're 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 not making plans and we're only focusing on this fight and everything else is we only plan from then after. I don't think that's true when you have someone like Lomachenko. I think you do plan three or four fights ahead to say if he gets through this one, then we they plan, I'd say, there's talks the whole time. I'm not saying I, I, this is just my opinion, but I can't imagine that they're kind of starting from scratch going, right, who are we fighting next? They know who to fight next. They know what way they want to build this guy. They know what profile they want to give him. Maybe to get, get him more world titles, but I think Lomachenko is not going to be one of those fighters that it, it, it's almost like they get to a certain point where the world titles don't matter it's just about matter the fights they're in and the fans want them to see them in so I'd like to see the Lonares fight again and um, I think the Beltran fight I'd have to agree with you Sean I don't think the Beltran is going to cause them too many too many problems and I hope it's not I hope it's not the Beltran fight but you can see where they're going with that it's another world title and it's one that maybe would do well over in the States but I can't see it doing well here but um, I don't think the Garcia fight be next but I think Bob Arum is kind of it, it, if they can get the Pacquiao fight I think that's a kind of interesting fight not in terms of do I think Pacquiao would be able to beat the kind of Lomachenko at this stage in his career but it's exciting in terms of profile and build and I think it would do really well over on these shores compared to what the Beltran Lomachenko fight would do yeah no I I agree It's, it's, it's just a situation of what what numbers did they get for it? How much money has it made? And is it does it make sense to do it again? And that that's sort of what it really boils down to at the end of it all. Uh, touching on another fight that we talked about earlier, uh, we mentioned Jarrett Hurd, and we also mentioned uh, Jamie Munguia in the same sentence. As you said earlier, Jarrett Hurd has actually tweeted out and mentioned that he wants that fight, and I would love to see that fight. After talking about the fight earlier on in brief detail and and looking at the way. Jarrah Heard was the other week and looking the way Munguia was, I think it'd be an absolute barnstormer to be honest with you. Know, I don't think we would, would see a, a lengthy fight. I think that's one that wouldn't go the distance and it's one that I hope in the future at some point does get made because it's, it's good for boxing uh, it's good for that division, it reignites that division. Uh, that division's getting better as we know as we're going along with all the likes of Herds and Charlos and Kelbrook moving into it and then obviously Munguia coming out of nowhere you know we've got a really good division going on now so I am excited and I hope it you know the, these type of fights do come off and you touched on it earlier this is this is a fight really that that is good for boxing isn't it yeah these, these fights and like the likes of Gerard that like we've seen like put on a great performance against um, Lara previously that, these are the fights you want to see and when we had two undefeated fighters going in against each other two world champions I think that's always exciting it always does well I think that captures anybody's kind of even if you're a casual boxing fan you may not know her but that kind of stuff you're gonna you're gonna follow it because it's two undefeated fighters, undefeated um undefeated fighters with world titles on the line and they both carry power. They both they both um they're both gonna kinda of walk forward. There's not gonna be a kind of I don't think it'll be a chess match, so it could be who gets to do the first um whether it gets made or not, I don't know who the promotion team is behind um Jared Hurd, but um I think there's a lot of American fighters. I keep speaking on the Eddie Hearn deal, but it, listening to that deal and listening to the money that's involved, I think we're gonna see these kind of fights be made because I don't think there's an, there's another 
organization out there over in the States at the moment that are going to pay the likes of Jared Hurd, the kind of figures that Eddie Hearn and Matchroom are performing, the zone are going to be able to pay them. It is later in the year that it is going to happen, but I think they're going to want to make a splash over in America and kind of get attention. So these fights may happen later in the year. It could be uh, it could be very good for boxing over in, uh, over in the States. These kind of fighters who maybe don't get the promotion they deserve will now get the promotion. They don't, they have the, the mouth of Eddie Hearn behind them, which is, which is going to be a good thing. So it's exciting times for American boxing. And I think a lot of people kind of... Are, they could be no I only follow British boxing I'm interested in British fighters and the American thing is it's on too late I can't really follow it I think you're going to want to follow it now because you are going to see a lot more of these fighters and you're going to get to know these fighters a lot more so hopefully Eddie Aaron can get deals done for these likes of these fighters just from a fan's point of view for myself who lives in who lives here in Dublin so I, w- I want to see the likes I heard on Sky I'd stay up to watch these guys because they are great fighters they're going to be in great fights they have world titles undefeated records and you want to see all that because that's what boxing's all about that's what you want to see Moving on, what do you make of? Um, I talk, well, I touched on this last week. What do you make of the fact that uh, last week we were talking about on the show that there was a potential of Chris Eubank Jr. being put in the final because George Groves might not be able to be medically fit for it, and now it's coming out of more than one source this week that he will be in the final, Chris Eubank Jr. versus Callum Smith. Yeah, it, it seems to be more that there's more chance of Chris Eubank Jr. being in the final than George Groves, which it, it would sour me to the whole competition, really. It would it would kind of mean that they kind of they just want to get these things done. I know they're releasing a second season of it, and you have to get excited by that, but you kind of have the thing of, a fighter's going to go, if I get injured, I get put out of it, and I don't have the chance to win the whole thing. Like, I'm not, I could, like no fighter's going to come through camp or come through a fight without any injuries, and George Groves did get a very bad injury, but if he's had surgery, he's, he's back in the gym again he should be given that time and I think boxing fans I think you really want to see unless you're a diehard Chris Eubank Jr. fan which I'd say there's very few out there Would I think everyone wants to see Smith and Grove so I hope that's what we get I don't think it's what we're going to get now I think we're going to get Chris Eubank Jr. facing um, facing Callum Smith um, which would lead me to believe there's not a world title on the line I don't think now um, I think there would only be the WBC Diamond or something like that one of those yeah, belts yeah. that mean you have a, have a, a chance at the WBC title whenever you want I think it's a diamond belt I think Linares holds or something like that as well so it's one of those belts that doesn't really make a lot of sense you're not a world champion so you win the Alley Trophy and you come out and people will want to want to sign you up but I, t- if, I think George Groves knows going to be put out of joint he's going to come out of that competition going I would have fancied George Groves maybe against Cameron Smith because he's so, such a smart boxer I think if he can put in the performance that he put in against the likes of um, Eubank Jr I think he would have won it so it would leave a sour taste in the mouth unless it's kind of the Sourlands can get behind George Groves and kind of say right the winner of this fights George Groves but you'd be thinking what's the point when you could just give George Groves that bit of time and we get the final that we're supposed to get and the one that I think everyone wants to see because Chris Eubank Jr. didn't cover himself in a whole lot of glory I think when they came out of the semi-final it was almost as if they were kind of going George Groves or Eubank Jr. doesn't deserve to be in the in this division he should go down he should work there he like he had to go back all these ways and now he has, he has to go back in his career almost and he has to fix so many things and now he gets a chance at the final it could be a kind of covered up the cracks thing that you hope wouldn't happen with Eubank Jr. because he does have the potential there he needs to work on things so if you think the way the Eubanks think he, he'll think he deserves this I don't know I think it, it, it leaves a sour taste in my mouth when it comes to the whole competition because George Groves deserves to be there and I think Callum Smith would feel the same so hopefully 
um, cooler heads can prevail and they can realise that they can hold it out for six to eight weeks and George Groves can get back in shape but I don't think it is I think I'd be surprised if George Groves in the final I think it's going to be Calum Smith and Chris um, and Eubank Jr. Well, just, we're going to have to sort of see now because obviously uh, George Groves has got a few more days left to confirm whether he's going to be medically fit to fight or not so it's not been fully confirmed but yeah there's a couple of media sources uh, on the internet sort of saying it's, it's happening it's definitely happening and I, I can totally understand all the points you're making on the situation uh, how it sort of essentially discredits it I mean what's, what's quite frustrating is they, they've put back the cruiserweight one because of an injury and yet they're not willing to put back the super middleweight one and I know they just want to get these things done and they want to move on with the announcements of the, uh, the three tournaments for the next season but it's a massive it's a massive fight it's a super middleweight division is probably one of the best divisions we've got in boxing and for for them to just sort of discredit it in that respect is is a bit disappointing but i suppose we'll just have to look at it as an exhibition really because it's not really going to be for a title unless they for whatever reason stick the IBO title back in the mix I don't know because obviously George Groves vacated it he didn't he didn't want it <laughs> essentially he didn't want to be sort of tied to it yeah. um, for political reasons and there's, there's a chance that that's going to be thrown in the mix somewhere along the line you've got Callum Smith like you say with the uh, is it WBC uh Diamond or Emeritus or something that sort of guarantees him a shot of that title. I can't fully remember exactly what it is that he's um, that he's that he's got himself there. But again, it's a position where the sort of two fighters. I feel sorry for Callum Smith to be honest. If, if, if he's had to come through one change of opponent and it looks like he's going for a second change of opponent, and and surely you have got to have a bit of sympathy for him because you know he's gone into this tournament. He's through his name in the heart. He's gone there from day one thinking he's going to be fighting Jurgen and Bramer and then he fights Nierke Holskin and now he's going to be fighting George Groves and now we're getting Chris Eubank Jr. So you've got to feel for him a little bit in this situation as well as you do for George Groves because obviously he's the one that's really, really transcended himself over the past 12 to 18 months with the victories he's had and it is a a bit of a rubbish situation to be in and everyone's going to have their opinion on it but I said it last week I mean, I don't know what, what your thoughts are on it but when, when we think about it, we want to see everybody uh, fight for the titles and we want to see all the title holders fight each other and essentially that that's kind of what it leans towards but when you strip it all back a bit, it's actually a tournament to win an Ali trophy. It's not actually for all the titles. It, I don't think it was ever stipulated it was for uh, the, the title's intention to, to, to be you know fought for. It's just a case of that they've got been able to get the fighters with the world titles involved in the World Boxing Super Series, which makes it, for fans especially, makes it a fantastic situation where we're going to see you know a potential undisputed champion at the end of it. But when you strip it all back down, it's actually for a trophy. It's for the RLE trophy. So no matter whether... Chris Eubank fights Callum Smith or Callum Smith fights George Groves it's actually only for the mantelpiece of a trophy and whether the title's involved or not that that's the only thing it's ever been about but I think maybe we've all lost sight of that a little bit because we've all been excited about the fact that like say the cruiserweight division is going to be unified and you know you've got George Groves with, with two titles under his name at that, when he beat Eubank and it gives the fights that people want to see and it's going to be the same with all the other divisions that, we get, that we've been announced as well like the, the Bantam weight division yeah we're going to get Tete we're going to get Burnett in there 
there as well. We're going to get Emmanuel Rodriguez, three title holders in the division. But essentially, it is only about the Ali Trophy at the end of it all. And I think we're all forgetting that. So whether it happens, Eubank and Smith, it's, it's going to be for the Ali Trophy. <laughs> and, and that's what we've all forgotten about, I think. Yeah, it's worth getting about, but Callum Smith was to come through um, Chris Eubank Jr. He gets the Ali Trophy, but I think he would have had a nightmare competition in terms of he would have won the competition, but it would have been uh, Scogland who, who had health issues after, so it's not what you wish on him. And it's kind of that has a the kind of that fight would have a black mark, and it was Nicky Halskin who was more of an MMA fighter than he was anything else. And then if he was coming against Chris Eubank Jr., who people already know is a, is a, is a very, he's, he's a middleweight fighting at super middleweight, so it wouldn't do him any favours. I think. The one saving grace from it is, I think, the Ali Trophy, but I think there is a, a very large check at the end of it as well, which you would hope would kind of, you just, I think it was like the Super Six, but you wanted them to come out. I think it was, yeah, you won the Super Six, but you want to see them come out with the world, with the with the world titles around them, and you kind of know who the best super middleweight is. And it worked out well in the Cruiserweight division that you're going to get one unified champion, but they they put that back, so why wouldn't they put, the, put back the super middleweight one? It's kind of, it's a strange one now, and it's a strange way that they're going to run the competition. I, I think... The, the bantamweight one is, is is going to be very exciting because you have three world champions. You have a new way there as well, who who I think if he beats McDonald, will go into that competition as well. So you're going to get some great fights, but you'd be thinking that we could get robbed of those fights if, if there's a little injury or there's something that they can't delay it and the fights don't get made or something like that. So you'd, you'd be hoping that you, I thought this competition would mean that the kind of politics side of it was kind of taken out. And we're going to get these fights no matter what. They might have to wait a little bit, but these kind of fights are the ones you want to see. So hopefully the political side of it and just having to get it done hopefully doesn't creep in so I can't, I can't see George Rose getting the, getting the final now there's too many reports and some of them are almost being confirmed that Eubank Jr. is going to get the get the chance which is which is disappointing the way he carried himself last time the way he fought last time that kind of thing that he was beaten by the smarter fighter but you know, all you could see from Callum, Callum Smith's point of view is that he can only beat what's put in front of him but yeah. I don't think the competition will do him any glory and I think Eddie Hearn is going to have a bit of rebuilding to do because he would have went into that competition hoping that he could build his name come out with world titles and if he comes out with nothing like that it would have seemed almost like a wasted trip for, for Callum Smith into that and I think Eddie Hearn will, will have his nose put out of joint in that in a big way because he was really putting his chips behind Callum Smith and I think he thought the competition would help him build his name he come out with world titles that everyone thought he would get anyway so it could it could sour a few people it could sour a few fighters so it, it remains to be seen it, it'd be disappointing I think if, if you back Junior gets the show I think it's going to happen I think, we've, I think a lot of people are residing themselves to the fact it will happen so uh, we'll probably get an announcement within the next week and go from there and then sort of discuss the, the, the potential outcomes later on down the line but I want to move on and just touch on another bit of stuff that I was looking at earlier on today. Uh, Eddie Hearn meeting with Russian promoters uh, either to potentially discuss Joshua Povetkin or maybe to secure more fighters for his new networking channel over in America. It remains to be seen which one that is, but I'd like to think it is a Joshua Povetkin fight, which I've touched on on last week's episode about how I think which order it's going to go in. I've said last week, Cahill, that I think Povetkin's going to be first, then Jarrell Miller, and then we're going to see Deontay Wilder. And I think that's how it's going to play out over the next 18 months to two years now. But it looks like we may get the perfect invite first if that's anything to go off it could mean absolutely jack shit but I'm, I'm thinking that maybe we're going to get this perfect invite and we're going to get it at Old Trafford and we're going to get a big crowd and it, it, you know it's going to do good numbers and, and then it's just going to keep building and building this fight eventually with Deontay Wilder um, would you like to see the perfect invite? Um, 
I don't know. I think the 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 one that the picture that was put out today, the cheesy kind of on a on a on a porch somewhere with <laughs> with the two promoters, the, the or the world of boxing, who was Pavekin's um, management team. I think was who people could you could view it whatever way you want. That the Pavekin fight is next. You could see it as a ploy by Eddie Hearn to kind of show that he is talking with other promoters that if he wants these offers that from America that they need to get them in. But I think the only chance to get an undisputed heavyweight champion, I think the the way it would work out in these governing bodies, the way they order mandatory and stuff like that it would mean that I think for the only way for that to happen I think the Wilder fight needs to be next but Pavekin has you could say earned the right in terms of his winning fights so it, it, the build up wouldn't be anything it wouldn't be exciting for me I don't think it does huge numbers in terms of what a, what a Wilder card would do but it, 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 it just kind of delays the things we want to see I don't want to see the Miller fight I don't want to really see the Pavekin fight I'm, at the end of the day I'm a boxing fan and I want to see these guys face each other because the putting off is, 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 is frustrating if you're a boxing fan because you want to see these guys fight like you don't want to be robbed of the chance of it and an undisputed heavyweight champion is the biggest prize in sport for a lot of people so you'd be thinking Eddie Hearn said last week if Anthony Joshua tells me to go make the Deontay Wilder fight I could have to go make that fight so who knows Um, I think Eddie Hearn's covering all bases I think the Miller fight is there Um, I think the Bebeckham one I probably have to agree with you Sean I can't see the Wilder fight it seems to go very quiet but um, I can't imagine too many Russian fighters wanting to fight over in in the States I don't think they ever have the um, I would just say they never seem to have the character to endear themselves to the American crowd so I think they like the, the brashy kind of people like Deontay Wilder the Charlos kind of the the the, the mouths and the and the, the, the flashiness of it all I think that's what Americans get behind and I don't think the likes of Andy, the likes of um, any Russian fighter they'd find it hard to get behind so it would lean it would lead me to believe that they were discussing the Pavekin fight but I think they're also covering all bases because as I said about Bob Arum they're not kind of putting their eggs all in one basket they have plans they have kind of plan B and kind of what happens if this doesn't happen kind of thing so Eddie Hearn's probably doing the smart thing and maybe today he's putting it out as a little kind of just to show everyone it's not just the Wilder fight we're also discussing the um, the uh, the Pavekin fight because it's the first time I've seen Eddie Hearn tweet out something that he, he's meeting these promoters and big sunshine kind of things like that We it, it's in the day of social media and stuff like that it's very hard to keep things secret but to put it out like that he's trying to, I think he's trying to show people that and show the likes of Wilder and stuff like that that they are also looking at their options and looking at the likes of and who yeah. yeah they probably won't get out all traffic but I think that's because it's Joshua not because it's Joshua and Pavekin yeah yeah I agree I, t- I do agree with what you're saying there and we'll um, we'll always have to sort of see how it pans out because social media is a tool that is used for that purposes it's kind of sort of tell other people that there is something going on but it might not be what ends up being the eventuality of it so again you just have to wait and see whether or not Eddie Earn is calling the, the Wilder team's bluff or not on this one uh, have you got anything else for this week you call for, for news and gossip because um, I've not really got much else that, I, that I've picked up on that I can discuss today no I don't know um, the, the interesting one that I've been kind of listening to and kind of uh, been interested in was the Eddie Hearn kind of piece I've mentioned it a few times through the show I think that's going to do wonders for the likes of um for for British fight fans, I know they're kind of seeing it as a as a platform only in the states, but we're going to get to see the likes of um hopefully if they can get signed up, perhaps Deontay Wilder, as Eddie Hearn says, he's he's talking to all these guys, and I think it's going to transform the kind of way we view boxing that kind of thing. So we're getting sixty and extra shows a year, um from sometimes you get the kind of fighters that like the Stevenson fight, the Badu Jack fight is one that maybe you kind of you don't pay too much attention to if you're just a kind of casual boxing fan. So the if he can sign the likes of Charlie and if he can build them and he can get the profile behind him we're going to see them a lot more so I'm, I'm excited by that it's, really, it's it's an exciting thing to kind of have more boxing on, on our television because it, it's exciting on a Saturday evening if you want to sit
sit down and and like Channel Five the other night was was one that you kind of go you might not kind of if you're as I'm saying just a casual boxing fan you might not sit down and watch Huey Fury but if you did you have free boxing there and I think the more boxing that's on our screens it, it's great for fans and it's great to kind of get these fighters that you kind of I always say that they've been promoted badly like Bradley Skeet having to go to Spain and I think the the channel only I think Box Nation only picked it up on the Thursday or Friday which which was crazy to me I think these fighters need to be promoted properly and I think the the more channels that are showing them and the more fight cards we're getting the more you're going to get to know these fighters and the more the sport is going to grow and I think Eddie Hearn's going to pull off a little coup there as in he has the he has the budget now and he has the platform to build it and I think he's going to want to make a big kind of um a big splash over in the US market I think in September October we're going to get some big cards and hopefully maybe at the end of June we'll be able to see we'll be able to see I think the owner launch and their launch of the boxing kind of footage then that we might get to see a few names of and kind of build that excitement that we are going to get to see the likes of uh, the likes of maybe the Charlie brothers or Deontay Wilder or Errol Spence we're going to get to see them more in depth and, and I think that's only good news for British fight fans Irish fight fans and American fight fans so it, it's it's all good news I think that's one of the most exciting things that I've pulled out of, of the news recently well, I think that's about a wrap for the podcast today, and it's um, it's been a good one. It's been good to catch up with you. It's been good to talk about all the fights over the weekend, and obviously what's coming up. And like we've just been discussing there, all the news and gossip, and I'm really looking forward to seeing what develops over the next few days. And it's good to be doing it. Uh, for a Monday night and the podcast to be going out as well because things change so much that by next Monday we'll be talking so many different things because stuff will have gone on uh, uh, you know we'll be talking about the the weekend's action and, and, and uh, you know will we see any more shock upsets I don't know we'll see um, but Cahill thank you again for coming on it's a pleasure to have you back on really good uh, have you got any final words before we wrap it up for the night? No no just glad to be back Sean um, it, it was strange not doing the podcast it became a kind of fixture in my week so uh hopefully you can get back up to date with interviews now because the old, the old leg is better and i'm back kind of settling back into kind of my schedule now so hopefully I'll be able to get interviews again and and uh, no just really enjoying me back on the podcast well thank you very much everybody for listening to beyond the rubs boxing podcast it's episode number 35 you know where to find us it's at btr boxing pod on twitter and on Facebook, it's Beyond the Ropes Boxing Podcast. You can find us on any podcasting app. You've got SoundCloud, you've got iTunes, you've got Stitcher, Audio Boom, you've got Castbox, which is the one I personally use. You've got so many different podcasting apps. We're even on Spotify as well, actually. So if you go on Spotify, you can find us on there too. So get subscribing to us, get following us on there, and please rate us. Uh, please leave comments for us. It helps. It massively helps and as always guys thanks very much for listening and we'll see you next week sports social podcast network i'm victoria cash thanks for calling the lucky land hotline if you feel like you do the same thing every day press one if you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes press two We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandslots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.